Hey, hey Sam, I'm Max. Oh, hey Max, I'm Sam. How's it hey. going? It's going good. Hey Ben, how's your day? Oh, you know, pretty good. A little of this, a little of that. A little, little one thing, a little bit of the other. How's your day? Shitty. Oh no, it was, it was okay. It, it could have been a lot better. What? Hmm. All right. Well, this is gonna, we're, we're gonna tackle. We're gonna tackle one of your bullet points right away. <clears throat> don't give people a look behind the scenes. Don't let them know that we don't have looking at we don't have bullet points. No right. bullet um, points. <laughs> it's all off the cuff. Max, what we got. Tell me, tell me why your day was uh, quote unquote shitty. Um. Well, it was actually this morning was beautiful. It was like perfect weather conditions. It was like seventy, sunny, and then we knew because I've never checked my phone as much until I became a farmer looking at the weather. Probably check it once or twice an hour, um, just because you're always curious what's coming. Would you say and the weather is, is important for farmers? You know, Sam, that's a bold <laughs> statement, but I think I would agree with you on that. I think weather is important. Um, but anyways, I knew that it was going to be windy today, and I have made an arch nemesis of, of wind since I've become a farmer, specifically since last year. Um, and ever since then, I've just kind of – that's my been my – Biggest pet peeve. What plants don't thing. plants don't like wind? The plants don't mind it. They get by. I don't like wind. Why? Because it makes well, last year our greenhouse where we started all of our transplants um got ripped apart by high winds and it was incredibly anxiety inducing and stressful because I mean, not only is it like an important structure, but they're expensive to build. And basically, they're just giant sails if something can get underneath, like if high winds can get through. Mm -hmm. And they just rip out of the ground. And last year, that's what happened to us with some 60-mile-per-hour winds, which are nuts on a flat surface. Sure. So the the structures on this farm, your new farm, are they similar to structures on your previous one? Or are they a little bit better built? They're better built because they're newer, but um, still have similar problems. I mean, they... The greenhouse that blew away last year was poorly built and needed updating, and then the wind just really proved that by ripping it apart. And uh, it was just like, I don't know, it's weird. I actually have never felt so anxious about a specific thing as I feel now about high winds because of that day, I think. I I mean, like, I literally, we were talking about at the farm today because as I'll get to, today was pretty, really windy here. But uh, last year I was standing and we were sitting actually in the, one of our trucks watching the greenhouse blow away and just flapping in the wind. And um, basically, I looked at Steve, my boss at the time, and I was like, you know, it's May or it's super early in the season. My rent is month to month. Uh, let's just re- let's refund the money to the people that have already paid us money. And uh, let's just let's just quit. <laughs> I was literally trying to talk him into quitting so bad. And... <laughs> Thank goodness that he had so much pep. Like, if it was my farm, I think I would have quit. I was so done. I was like, you know, let's just, I'll, I'll move home next week. It's fine. I can get out of here. It's early May. I'll find a job somewhere else. <laughs> I didn't I realize so... you were such a, such a weenie. It's not even a weenie. It's not being a weenie. What do you? What about that makes me a weenie? Where, where's your optimism that you could come, that you could recover and fight it's... your way through it? You know what? I. <clears throat> 
people people on the Oregon Trail moving west, going to start their farms. They didn't get to just pack up because of a little bit of high wind. Hey. That's hey. your leg. That's those are your ancestors. Okay. Uh, first of all, we settled in Michigan. I guess we went a little <laughs> bit, but we didn't make it all the way to Oregon. Um, but also, you're talking from the your corporate strong guy. How does high winds <laughs> affect you? What what does weather do to you? Is sitting in your office? You know what? Uh, on Wednesday, I was in my office on the twelfth floor of this building and on a conference call, and I got an alert on my phone that said tornado warning, take shelter. And I just stood there in my office and I looked out the window and I looked at my phone and I was like, well, I'm just going to stay on this call because A, I'm corporate strong and B, I have nowhere else to go. You're my, you're actually my hero. That's incredible. Yeah, that's wow. right. Pretty, you're the opposite badass, of a Badass, weenie. right? Yeah, super badass. Anyways, that experience was super stressful and it was, and it's just also, it's weird because of how loud it is. You don't think it's going to be that loud, but the plastic from a greenhouse like flapping in high winds um, I mean, Steve was in the military, and Steve literally compared the sound that we were hearing last year to like sh- being at the shooting range and hearing guns go off. Wow. Um, I mean, isn't that the, the way- basic principle of like the way a clarinet works? Like a high wind going across a reed, and it vibrates and it makes sound. That's basically what's happening. Yeah, I wouldn't describe the sound our greenhouse was making like a clarinet, but it was. I mean, it was more like a whip. I think would be the more appropriate thing to compare it to that gotcha. that action that kind of coming back like that and snapping. So that was stressful last year and it was because I was in a management position as well right that like I was more stressed than if I was just an employee there um I had to come in on a Saturday morning we had to pull two thousand dollars out of our bank account to fix it you know the farm bank account right um so that was just stressful overall and then since then I've disliked high winds because I just saw how destructive they can be and everything else you get on a farm from cold to rain I mean you can get flooding and you can get all these you know really hot weather but Nothing destroys things, you know. Your plant might die, and it's usually never going to cost you thousands of dollars, um, and or destroy like physical infrastructure except for wind. So uh, this week was really this farm is always windy. It's on a hill, um, but it's never where you're always worried about things falling apart. But on Tuesday we had 35 mile per hour winds or so, and luckily I wasn't really at the farm. I was off site doing something else. And then today we were at the farm and it was gusting, I think up to 45 to 50 miles an hour. And we were in, I was in the greenhouse. We were doing seeding work. Um, So I was like in there, just like I had headphones in. I was actually listening to a podcast, trying to shut out the sound that was happening around me. Cause I'd rather have the greenhouse rip apart above me and me just keep standing there and then turn around and realize it (laughs) then to like witness it and then like have to like see it happen because there's nothing you can do of how strike how strong the wind is i tried that last year i tried to sit on it and it just blew me away so it was as everybody else all all of your colleagues are they equally uh concerned about the wind or are you just like the weird new guy who's like freaking out about the wind i mean it is it's probably make i'm the most concerned about it but um no my boss does not like the wind i mean she actually talked about how it makes this makes her very anxious and agitated just being like getting hit by wind uh-huh. it's less of, i think for her it's less of like witnessing things get destroyed and more just wind makes her angry and it does make a lot of farming tasks a, <laughs> wind a lot makes harder. Her angry <laughs> yeah it does she'll tell you it agitates her and uh so i think i'm the weirdest for sure but anyways today was really windy and we were in the greenhouse and it was starting to it wasn't ripping apart but there was damage to it today from the wind and once you see a little bit of damage happen, you just kind of expect it that getting less and less airtight, and you're just waiting to see a, a gust get under there and rip something apart. So 
it's just stressful. There's not much, and there's nothing you can do usually right. in the moment. It's it's something you should have done either earlier or sometimes there's almost nothing you can do. So it was just stressful today dealing with it, um, and it costs you a lot of time trying to ratchet things down and MacGyver something sure. to keep it from blowing away. So that was our that was our Friday. Wow. But, well, that sounds pretty stressful. You kind of like stressed me out. Did I? It, it's not fun. I mean, it's winds are fine when they're rolling in with cool thunderstorms yeah. and stuff like that. Today, it just rolled in just like wind. You know, it was nothing with it. Oh, yeah. That's no um, fun at all. At least, no. at least my tornado had a huge storm coming with it. Yeah, that's cool. We haven't actually gotten a good thunderstorm here since I've moved here, so I'm a little bummed. Hmm. But, um, so yeah, I just I dislike wind, and I'm sure it'll come up again this year at some point. I'll be freaking out about a windstorm. Probably. But, well, I feel, like I, I feel like I learned so much about the wind. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. You're welcome. But other than that, my week my week was good. I've, I've also a low point of this week, and this is all self-inflicted. I don't get to blame nature as much. I have been so sunburned this week <laughs> that it moving has hurt so much. Why? How do you let yourself get sunburned? Like the okay. sun is not surprising. It's not – it's not like a, a thing that you can't plan for. I thought farmers were supposed to be all about, you know, planning and being prudent. Like, how do you let yourself get sunburned? Well, when, again, when there's a breeze, it doesn't feel that hot out. Oh, and gosh. I was wearing, like, shorts for the first time this season, and you are, you're pale like I am. The, you, you, you let out your, your winterized skin <laughs> to the sun, and it fries a lot faster. And it was one of those things where it hadn't even like dawned on me until the end of the day. And I, I bent over and I looked down at my thighs and it was a shade of pink that was terrifying oh, in, the no. bright, in, in the bright sun. Oh, that's, no. what let, that's what I was letting it marinate and like sleep on it and see what it turns into. So I knew I was in a bad way as soon as that happened. Oh. And uh, so there's been a couple bad, <laughs> a couple bad burns this week. So, my thighs. so how do you... How do you experience a sunburn? Because back in my in my day when I was working outside doing the deck refinishing, I would basically let myself just get really scorched early in the season, and then the rest of the year I would be fine and you know wouldn't wear sunscreen uh, and you know wouldn't get burnt again. Is that kind of how you roll? Yeah, no, I love that idea. I call it getting my base burn. Yeah, uh, getting the base burn out of the way, and then you just build on that. Oh, Emily's um, going to be so mad when she listens to this. Well, she hates when th- I do that. Well, that's what you're saying. Do I do that now? No, because Haley doesn't let me leave the house without putting sunscreen on. Oh, it sounds and, like our girlfriends have been talking to each other. Yeah, so no, I don't get a chance to do my base burn anymore. Right now I'm doing it in pieces and parts that I forget, so, and it's a more painful process. <laughs> so it sounds like Haley is pretty cognizant of the sun and sunburns. How does she feel about your uh, bright red legs? I mean, it's funny to her, but she's been nice. <laughs> she's been helpful. <laughs> uh, not a lot of sympathy. I generate a lot of heat. I feel like we don't need any type of like heated blanket ever or anything because I am literally just a heater. But uh, it's, I'm getting it out of the way. You know what? I think by by start of June, I'll be great. All right. I'll be I'll have a nice base burn. What do you, yeah, you going to burn next? What am I going to burn next? I already burned the tops of my feet. Really painful. Wait. Wait. Uh, wait what, uh, kind of, what kind of footwear are you wearing? It varies day to day. I wear. I've got. I've got many. Many a shoe. But I was wearing like Chaco sandals that day, so I sunburned an, like a cool zigzag pattern into my Chaco. foot. Oh, so, uh, I think I know those. Are. Those are hipster sandal. sandals. Yeah, they're a hipster outdoor sandal. Yeah. So I wore those one day and burned the pattern in my foot, which is super cool. It That's says cool. that I'm a, I'm an outdoorsy guy, and I like to <laughs> I like to walk around in my Chacos. And then this week I burned my thighs. 
my thighs and my calves. Um, I don't know what. Probably my back of my neck is coming. Maybe oh, my yeah, ears or my sure. ears. Do you ever but, bur- do you ever burn your eyelids? No, not all the kids say that I have. I don't. I don't like napping in general, and I don't think I've ever really fallen asleep in the sun. I have before. It was not fun. Was it in Kentucky? I don't remember specifically. I think I've kind of erased it from my memory, but I have this vague sense memory of burning my eyelids. I feel like every blink hurts. <laughs> yeah. Every that was like me. Every step I took this week was incredibly painful after the burn. So I wonder we'll if, see. I wonder if there's an equivalent to sunburn for someone in my line of work. Yeah, what would you? I don't screen know. Sh- I mean, it's like, a, like so it's some sort of injury that is like totally preventable. But if you're just an idiot, maybe it's something ergonomically because I spent so much time sitting in front of computers. Yeah, I'm thinking like something with your back pain or I don't know some type of you got you got a fancy desk chair. I do have at, at my home office. I have a pretty fancy desk chair, but at my at my office office, I do not. But I thought had, you were you know, standing. Standing work guy. I also have a standing desk, so occasionally I'll do it standing. Um, you know, and then some days I'm doing a workshop or a presentation or something, and I'm on my feet all day. So I guess, you know, you could say I got a pretty tough, pretty tough physical demanding job as well. It sounds hard. You put yourself in a lot of situations, a lot of a lot of different types of sitting. Yeah, and standing, sitting and lounging, and standing. waiting for your waiting for your Apple Watch to go off to tell you to hey, take a step. Take a step uh, today. <laughs> no, yeah, it does remind me to stand up sometimes. That's usually when I take a, a potty break. <laughs> Man, things are hard for you. <laughs> yeah, well, it, they what, are. What about you? What was what, anything bad happened in your week? Wait, wait. Before we move on to me, I need a, yeah. la- a lamb update. How the there's lambs? Not, there's not much to that much update. The lambs are all ten still alive, still doing well. When do they start um, getting eaten? That that'll be in the fall. How do you decide um, which one you'll eat first? Well, you butcher them the, all at the, the same one, time. The one, the one who's a dick? Oh, you do it at the same time? Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes more, in... more sense than like taking them away one at a time and giving them time to like talk to each other and like figure yeah, out – put together some sort of rebellion. That's a horror movie what you're talking about is <laughs> <laughs> they're watching themselves slowly one by one vanish into the back of a van. Um, oh, that is terrible. They'll all be loaded up together I think probably in October, maybe September. But – um. They're good. They're getting bigger. They're they, we're supposed to be. This is awful. We're supposed to be socializing them a little bit because it makes the day when you load them into the trailer a little bit easier if they're not scared of you. Oh, um, oh my god! So you become their friends so you can betray them? Pretty much, and <laughs> that's, that's pretty terrible. Much, that's pretty much what we've been like working on. So they'll they'll follow us into the hutch and like oh. eat the grain and stuff now. So you're trying to build and, some strong relationships with these poor <laughs> lambs. Yeah, we haven't named them yet, and I think maybe we'll try and avoid the full naming of them because that's just gonna make it. I'm just gonna make it worse. <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Yeah. When when does a lamb? When is a lamb no longer a lamb? What's the age? When does it just become a sheep? That's a very very good question, and you're asking the wrong guy because my experience. I'm like looking it up right now to try to figure it out. I have no idea when a lamb. When does a lamb become a sheep? That seems <laughs> that seems philosophical. Um, I'll figure it out for you. Yeah, it's got to be like. You don't need to Google it right now. I'm just curious. I'm just, I'm just wondering because I feel like, you know, if you're going to butcher them in October, are they going to be teenagers at that point? How does a I – don't, I don't really understand uh, sheep life cycle. I don't either. I would assume that, yeah, they're like – they're at like young adult age probably when they're, mm. when they're butchered. So they probably, probably – they kind of they deserve it. They, honestly, they probably do. And uh, 
But no, they're good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting about them. You want to know? This is a fun fact. This will probably come up more when they actually get butchered. This is what the name of the slaughterhouses that we take them to. What? It's a family with uh-huh. their last name is Blood. That's so the, good. It's the Bloods. That's go to so Bloods good. To get them butchered. <laughs> That's so, so good. I got to imagine it's like Shoemaker or something. That's what they used to. <laughs> That's what they did. I mean, but, I it, the world would be a lot simpler if we all just had last names of you know what we did. I'd be a farmer. Yeah, Max Max, Max Farmer. Yep. I'd be Sam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tell me, what would you be? <laughs> Sam Consultant Man. Cons- actually, it would be Sam Consultantman. Consultantman, that's good. Yep. <laughs> but all right, do you want? Can we talk about you now? Did you do anything that you, that's worth of that's worth noting on this podcast? Oh, come on, man! My whole <laughs> life. Although the funny thing is, like, I'm gonna have to figure out like at what level of detail I can speak, uh, and I'm gonna err on the side of not too much detail most of the time because I don't want my client to get mad. Yeah, and this is uh, gonna be a huge podcast. So <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> this is gonna really shoot us into the stratosphere of fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, this what did I do this week? This week was overall pretty good, productive. Did week. you travel at all? Is it travel no, week? no travel. Went into the client's office a couple of times this week, which is like is a, a thirty minute train? drive. No, thirty oh, you... minute drive. Okay. Uh, so worked on site with them a couple of days, and then the rest of the days was a combination of working from home or at my office, which is like a fifteen minute walk from home, which is what? pretty nice. When do you decide that something is a home office day versus your remote or your other office that you have? That's a good question. That is a good question. Part of it is just kind of the feel of the day and and my motivation. Part of it is if I know I'm going to have a bunch of phone calls, I might just stay at home because the nature of my office is such that my desk is in a room, like is in a shared room with people that I don't necessarily know. And if I need to take phone calls, I have to go to a phone booth. And the phone mm-hmm. booths can be kind of stuffy and depressing if you're in them all day. Uh, so if I'm going to be heavy on calls, I may just stay at home. Sometimes, though, it just feel it's just nice to get out of my apartment and kind of have the mental shift from being at home to actually being like in a place of work. Um, that helps me be more productive sometimes. So, do you do you struggle with that? Actually, I feel like you're a pretty self motivated person. Where you, I mean, you guys have an office, I know, set up, so it's not like you're working in your bedroom or something. Right. But is it hard to get work done when you're at home? Are you no, that distracted or not really? Not, it depends on the day. It's hard to say. Like in general, no. I feel like I'm actually pretty focused during the day, but I can find. I can find ways to distract myself sometimes when I'm at home, and I'm generally, you know, not necessarily firing up the PS4 at three in the afternoon or something like that. But you know, there's snacks at home, there's walking to be done, like walking around the apartment. I don't know. I, sometimes I guess sometimes I have trouble get, getting going when I'm working from home. Um, this week didn't really have that problem for whatever reason. It was pretty focused, uh, pretty, pretty productive. I tend to have like these cycles where I'll have a couple of really good weeks, really focused, really productive, feeling really good. And then I'll have like a couple of days or at most maybe a week of just questioning everything and hating my life and feeling (laughs) terrible and unproductive. Uh, so I try to try to ride the positive times uh, as long as I can. So 
this, and this is a positive time you're this in is right a positive now? time right now for whatever reason and it's like it's funny i will literally do journaling exercises where i'm like okay things seem to be going pretty well right now what are you doing in your life that might be contributing to things going pretty well so that when things are going shitty i can go back to that journal entry and be like what was I doing back when I felt good? And am I yeah. still doing those things? And am I not still doing those things? Maybe I should start them again. Uh, you know, my brain can be uh, an interesting place. Have you drawn any conclusions for what uh, makes you do better work? I mean, there's there's a handful of things. Like there are some like there's a handful of daily habits that I try to do. I try to take seriously and try to make sure I do every day. Um, and when I seem to be doing those, I tend to be having overall better days. But the problem is it's really hard to figure out the causation of that. It may be, you know, if I do the daily habits, then I have, then I feel productive. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe when I'm feeling productive, it's easier for me to do the habits, you know. So I haven't mm-hmm. really pulled apart that causation. Uh, but generally it's like, you know, doing really simple things consistently. It's going to bed on time, getting up on time. It's working out relatively frequently. It's not eating like an utter idiot. Uh, Things, you know, just the typical things that everyone knows about like what you should do to feel like healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. Do those not correlate? How often does a poopy week correlate with traveling? Yeah, that that is an interesting one. I think there could be some potential correlation there because uh, it's hard to keep up the daily habits, at least for me, when I'm traveling. It just like throws everything kind of wonky, even though – and I think this is probably why it's tough – is that a lot of time when I'm traveling, I actually have a lot of free time. Like it's a lot of sitting on car, sitting in cars and sitting in the airport and sitting on a plane and sitting in my hotel room. So if you were to just look at what I am doing kind of objectively, you would see like, oh, he has a ton of time. Like what's the – why can't he do the things he knows he needs to do? But I always forget that it's just really kind of tiring to do those things. To like to travel is is tiring even if you aren't working super hard the whole time. And I always in my mind hold myself to this – idea that I'm going to be super productive and super like on point with all of my habits when I travel. And for the most part, I'm, I'm not. And someday maybe I'll figure out how to be. And maybe some people who travel a lot do actually get good at not letting it disrupt their life. But I seem to do it just like infrequently enough that every time I travel, I feel like all of my good habits just go out the window and I find myself eating Popeye's in the airport. That was your pre. That was your pre-podcast snack last time we talked. You know what's great on chicken? Honey. Yeah, I don't think you're the first person to come up with that. I know, but sometimes I forget, man. I forget about honey. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I've ever paid attention to honey until like I, this. Always seemed like a bad sweet, you know, like a bad, less tasty sugary thing. Like I wanted something else. Yeah. And then last year we had a a local beekeeper like sell us a bunch of his honey, and we took a bunch of this like pretty good small batch honey a real artisanal and uh it was phenomenal i mean i could like just eat it by the spoonful as so a, maybe go ahead as a farmer how do you feel about bees uh, good they're good <laughs> is that supposed to that's supposed to be controversial <laughs> no also i think what i actually meant to ask is how do you feel about beekeepers there seem they seem to be like a type of farmer are beekeepers bee farmers max your answer um, please 
I think you have to be on a certain scale before I'd ever consider a bee person, or sorry, a beekeeper, a, a bee person. That was just racist. <laughs> a, bee, a beekeeper, a, like a farmer, or, you know, I think they do like the term beekeeper actually more. But it's really easy to have as a hobby or like a side thing because they don't require checking on them every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, even weekly would be often for a lot of beekeepers checking on a singular box because, I mean, you're looking for making sure the queen's still alive mites which is the most common thing to kill them aren't present things like that but for the most part you just let the bees do their thing and it's before winter when you check in and things like that so you would have to be doing a fairly large scale to be like a commercial beekeeper so everyone i know is like a as a bee hobbyist which is totally fine because like every farm needs it like our farm even out here has a a local guy that has two hives set up um, because we have a lot of fruit trees but I wouldn't call it, I don't think, I mean, I think he has a day job and does other things okay. other than keeping bees. So they're almost like pets for the most part. <laughs> Sometimes I go on YouTube and I watch videos about beekeeping. It's, well, first off, yeah, now you sound like CGP Grey. I know. Talking about this. But, um, I mean, the crazy thing is, like, to be a beekeeper, you don't make your money from honey almost ever. No, that's not the crazy thing. The crazy thing about a beekeeper is that they very rarely wear bee suits when they're interacting with their bees. Bee, not, that's homes. not that crazy. Come on, man. They got a lot of the bees got a lot of respect for them, bees Sam. Bees each have little daggers on their butts, and I feel like one wrong move and you're dead. I mean, I think that's based on some bad experiences that you've had, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But no, I think it don't you think when you think a beekeeper, don't you think that they're making all their money from just like courting up the honey and selling honey? That's just not how they make their money. How do they make money? You get contracted out to go deliver your bees for a certain number of months at an orchard somewhere. Mm. So in when it's almond season in California, there's semi that's when you see those those articles that are like a semi full of bees crashed. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's because beekeepers are literally packaging their bees up onto a semi. Semis gotcha. go all the way out to California, drop them off. The those know, the bees orchard. have got to be so confused. Yeah, I'm sure they are. And the orchard pays a ton, you know, a decent amount of money to have these bees there to, you know, pollinate for a month or whatever number and then they'll take them to florida for you know orange season and then they'll bring them up to michigan for apple season and cherries wow. and Those so it is like a traveling, <laughs> it's like a traveling circus of, of bees here's and that's I, how you really make money here's what i can't get out of my mind so i'm picturing the bees have been in a certain location for however many weeks or months or whatever and it comes it's, it's time to move them to the next location so they pack up the hives and put them on these trucks. You know there are bees who are out foraging who didn't get <laughs> left in behind. the hive. They get left behind. <laughs> that just broke my heart. Yeah, I'm sure it's – yeah. I mean and, and I think it's pretty hard for one bee to just join another hive. I don't There's know if that's a really Disney how it works. movie in this. There's a Pixar movie in this. <laughs> well, there was a movie called Bee Movie. No, Jerry Seinfeld. He can – no, not not that. I don't think that was the – I don't actually remember what the, the plot was of it, but I don't think it was that. Wait, well, didn't, wasn't he in love with a, a human woman? I think that's actually the plot, yeah. That's weird. So a little different. But um, I mean I'm sure it happens all the time and you know, five bees out of a hive or a hundred bees out of a hive is probably trivial to a beekeeper. I'm but not it's worried pretty about the sad. beekeeper. I'm worried no, about I the know. five bees that got left behind. You know, Sam, if you're so worried about the bees, maybe you should start doing something for the bees. Haven't you heard that we're supposed to be helping the bees? Yeah, I guess so. I mean what <laughs> I mostly do is just try to ignore them when I see them out in the world because I don't want them to mess with me. That's a good start. It's good pretty good, pretty good. We were talking about what I did this week, uh, and I haven't actually answered the question at all. I was on a conference call during a tornado. That was pretty neat. 
Did the tornado, were there any actual touchdowns near the D.C. area? Uh, there was one in D.C., I think, but I'm, I was actually in Arlington at the time, so it wasn't that close to me. But it was a crazy hard storm. So that was neat. Is that uh, the same one that thrashed the Midwest slash mom so. and dad? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yep. Cool, cool. I, um, what else did I do? I went to some meetings. Did, oh, I met some interns at, this, at, the, at my client. Uh, they they seemed so small and young and naive. It was so cute. Uh, we I'm sure they love being described <laughs> that way. <laughs> professionals, their first chance being professionals. Yep. And some some bearded consultant is over there calling them cute and little. Well, you should see them, and you would agree with me. No, um, should, keep going. I may I, I may actually be doing some work with them at some point. So that's neat. They seem like smart folks. Uh, I ate some Subway. And? It was good. Okay. I haven't eaten Subway in forever. I don't know. Again, I, I don't think I've seen one out here. What? There are Subways everywhere. Did you know that Subway is the number one franchise uh, in the world? Thank you. I did know that. Oh, wow. All right, Mr. Fancy. Smart pants <laughs> over here. We read similar things, so yeah. in terms of internet facts. <laughs> and, and what else? And then today, I had a very productive Friday, especially for it being a Friday before a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I Throughout the week... You know, I, I use this software to help me keep track of what I need to do. And if I don't finish something, I'll schedule it for the, you know, the next day when I think I'm going to get to it. And I, I have this habit of kicking things to Friday uh, frequently uh, because Monday Sam or Tuesday Sam thinks Friday Sam is going to be awesome and very productive. And uh, most of the time he's very wrong. Uh, but this week he was right. Friday Sam crushed it. Are you doing a? Are you guys doing a long weekend? Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not working on Monday. Okay. Memorial Day. Joey's coming. That's oh, that's right. I forgot he's coming to visit you. We're I was ask what your guys' plans were. I forgot it was Memorial Day. It doesn't even feel like I don't know any type of holiday to me right now. Wow. Hate America but, much? No, I don't get. I don't. Get, you know what, Sam? We'll talk about this later. Farmers don't get a lot of holidays off. That's true. You just get all of winter. Yeah, but teachers get all of summer. So what I'm not a do? teacher. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't fight me on this. And, I mean, depending on where you're farming, not true, but for getting winter off. But, no, that's why I like being a farmer up in the north part of the country because I actually get a vacation because I don't take vacations in the summer. Because yeah. um, there's, there's literally no time. Yeah. And Mondays are I – think, I think Monday's a really big day for us. That's our harvest day. So, nope, I will be working all right. on Monday. But. Well, maybe you can eat a hot dog. Maybe. Oh, man. It's good to have aspirations. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Actually, uh, hopefully, future in future episodes, I will have more interesting things to talk about. You know what? That's all right. I should, I should challenge myself to actually like pick a thing that is somewhat more specific that is not necessarily like tells you anything about the client. Here's one, for example. Today, so I'm in charge of a lot of the reputation work uh, at the Ready and that's just a fancy way to say marketing, essentially. Um, and really, for us, it's mostly writing online. So I hold, I host a weekly meeting uh, on Fridays where anybody who wants to talk about uh, or is working on anything related to the Ready's reputation, we meet Friday mornings and like figure out how we can move things forward and make decisions if we need to. So we had that meeting today, and we worked on. Um, a colleague and I worked on a uh, new thing that we're trying on our publication where we're essentially going to describe 
a real conundrum from one of our transformation projects, um, obviously with no identifying information, uh, mm-hmm. and then invite people who subscribe to our newsletter or read our publication, because a lot of them are practitioners doing this type of work, to respond with like how they would approach that challenge or that problem. Um, so we're just getting that first one ready to go, and I'm going to publish it sometime next week. So there's a little, a little, a little sense of you know what my life is sometimes like. I forgot that you're the the marketing guy. How did that become your <laughs> focus? Because it's not like you have a marketing background. No, and also let's not use the word focus because I in my entire week I spent a grand total of one hour I think working on anything that could be construed as marketing. Uh, but basically, it was because early in the Reddy's history, uh, I was doing a lot of writing, and I like to write, and I care about how the Reddy is, what kind of um, writing we do as the Reddy. So I kind of just naturally took over sort of like an editor role. And then like a year and a half ago, I finished a really long client project and didn't have another client project to immediately roll on to so with my free time i just took over i I just focused primarily on reputation stuff for a few months Uh, so now that i'm back on a client project i have drastically scaled back how much of the reputation work i'm doing but i'm still kind of the only person who who is wearing that hat right now uh, at the ready gotcha that is a very – I'm kind of curious how you stumbled your way into that. Mostly you, writing, yeah. Okay. Which means I don't actually have the skill set for lots of the other stuff that we need, but uh, I do what I can. But you guys don't really necessarily have a person in-house who's a marketing-centered person, right? Like, no, who's, you know, We have some folks who have had more experience doing marketing stuff, but nobody else is really – I mean there are folks who are writing things sometimes, but nobody – it's kind of taking an overall strategy or strategic look at how we're doing marketing other than me right now. Okay. I, so I'm curious then you used to do a lot of your own side publishing and writing has becoming this specific role taken away from you doing that writing oh God, or yes. I know you're, or I know you're always battling like how to write more or produce yeah. more longer articles and things like that. Um, I'm guessing filling this position has not been good <laughs> for, producing content no i mean i'm I'm constantly in a state of like self-loathing at not writing as much as i want to or think that i should be doing both for the ready and for myself uh and just holding the reputation role at the ready just means that any writing that i do i feel like i should be doing for the ready uh and if i'm not doing it for the ready then i usually feel bad uh, about it uh so i obviously have uh some stuff to work through there but ideally i would be writing a lot more for everyone yeah i feel like i don't get this this would be kind of mean i remember the last time that you like sounded like you felt good about your writing output slash like <laughs> the amount that you were writing i mean probably uh, just in like general grad school yeah because that was a time thing right yeah you had the time. because grad school i mean i had 100 percent control over my time basically and i was like writing at that time, I knew I knew that I was not going to get the job that I wanted or create the career for myself just on the strength of my 
um, like previous jobs or experiences mm-hmm. because I was trying to shift into a new career. So the only thing that was going to help me kind of get over that hump was going to be, in my mind, I thought a um, really large library of smart stuff that I had written about my field. So I had this like really strong intrinsic motivation to like write as much as possible and be seen as a person who had a lot of really interesting things to say about you know, organizations and the future of work and psychology, things, things like that. So now that I have, you know, my dream job, I, I think that intrinsic motivation is not gone. It's just, it's different now. Like the client work that we do is really kind of all consuming. So it's tough to carve out time to, to do something that's not that. Do you, do you do a, um, it's one of your daily things like journaling then? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Ooh. Siri got Siri got angry. Siri didn't understand what you were trying to say. Uh, one of yes, yeah, so one of my four things is just writing. Uh, so journaling counts for that. And most frequently, I give myself credit for having done a little bit of journaling. Um, so I do have a pretty robust um, journaling practice. What I would love to do is have give myself credit for daily writing more frequently for actually having written something publicly. Yeah. I try not to I try not to beat myself up for it if I have at least written in my journal because that's at least something, right? It is. Have you is that what the deliberate came out of then? Kind of that need for some form of outlet to Yeah. Yeah. So Max is referring to a newsletter that I have created called The Deliberate. And I think, yeah, I think you're right, actually. I wanted a place where I could explore some of these ideas I've been having and accumulating uh, and basically doing nothing with. And I felt like a newsletter can be like a really low pressure place to explore some of those ideas. I don't have to write anything super long. I can share links that I find interesting and I can build a community of people who just really want to hear what I have to say about this. So that actually I think did come out of that feeling of wanting to write more and wanting to give myself a a playground basically where I could start to explore some of these uh, ideas. But here I am sitting here having been like two weeks without publishing an issue and feeling bad about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's small, (laughs) small steps. Uh, I have, I have uh, self-confidence issues apparently sometimes. Yeah. Which is, you know what? Kind of surprising because to, to to me, you're the kind of person that's like you've written a lot of stuff. You've been, you've co-wrote chapters of books. You had your ebook that you published back in the day, like things that you have. To me, seems like you know fairly experienced writer. But I guess that's this is just proof that that's not necessarily always nece- mean that you have the most confidence in the stuff that you're creating and or the lack of creating. Nope. Well, and the funny thing is, actually, most of the stuff that I write, I feel like it's pretty good and maybe that just means i have bad taste uh or too low of a par of of quality but it's like it's just the getting it started that can be such a yeah such a thing um can i ask this is this is more for me so i have i'm pretty sure it's true for most people though who read a lot and things like that and are just interested in writing that always feel like they're not writing enough or they're you know they need to start journaling more or they need to start writing in some some form what is what when you sit down to journal do you just journal about your day do you journal about like ideas you have for something within the ready or a personal project 
or is it like just writing about something like an article sparked in you or because I feel like every time I used to try and have a journaling I'm looking at like a lot of half-filled journals on my desk and um, I feel like I sit down and like maybe for three or four days like I have decently decent entries about things and then I start to feel like I've got nothing to say and maybe that is just what it boils down to is that there's nothing to say or it could just be that I'm not tapping into something that's you know going to help the words flow or maybe I'm thinking what I write has to be overly meaningful which is probably true I'm probably thinking too much like I need to be producing something that's great when it's a journal that not anyone's going to read but me you know when I'm writing it um what's what's your go-to practice for that because it sounds like you've been journaling more consistently I'm sure for a longer amount of time than I ever have I started journaling consistently when I dropped all expectations around what my journal was supposed to be and just let myself write as much or as little as seriously or as stupidly as I wanted in the moment. Um, and I realized, because the program that I use to journal is a program called Day One, and it has a setting where if you have an entry from this day in the past, it will send you a notification in the morning and you can go in and read it. And I've really enjoyed that. I almost every day have that notification pop up and I like going back and reading what I wrote in in the past. And I realized one of the things that I most enjoyed reading, the type of entry I really enjoyed reading, um, it was just an entry where I would just kind of describe what I did that day. And maybe this is just because I have a really bad memory and I can't remember things <laughs> in my past. And I like being able to read in like kind of excruciating detail. Like just what did I do on, you know, whatever this day is six years ago. And uh, because this is when I noticed that, I gave myself more permission to just write that really mundane stuff. So even if I have zero ideas about what to write, I obviously, if I'm writing in the evening, have lived an entire day. What did I mm-hmm. do today? And can I take a page and a half and just describe that? And you know, if, if anything comes up in terms of what I something interesting that I felt or saw or thought, try to capture that as well. But I, you know, I have plenty of entries that are just a, a bulleted list of thoughts. I've got some entries that are multiple pages of prose. Um, I one time wrote a poem while I was sitting on my on the toilet on my with my phone because uh, <laughs> I just wanted to write one. Uh, so my journal is a hodgepodge of weird things. Okay. I mean, that's, and I think that's really what for a while I started shifting more into and realizing that I didn't have necessarily like, I don't know. My instinct was to write about farming or to write about something in life, but maybe it needs to get dumbed down and just to the point where I at least get in the routine of writing more often. And then, you know, things might come from that. Yeah, um, I think a theme is more helpful if you're doing some sort of like public writing. Uh, you know, people want you kind of want to have a sense of a website, like what they're going to read there. But as far as a personal journal, I I am very comfortable just letting it be my own weird thing. Yeah, that's I mean that's why I guess the blog, which is currently down, but from last year that I had from farming was good for me. It was because it was a, a themed topic, and I knew what I was going to write about. You know every every week and you know i wrote every uh you know almost every week i think the entire uh summer you should do that but, again um, i i just don't know if we can we can talk about this on air or off air at some point but about the and it's currently i have to re-up the submission or the oh, subscription for squarespace. Yeah. for squarespace but 
it's more that I think at the time when I was writing my blog, I was doing a lot of this is what we did on the farm. You know, I was in a management position, so I was making a lot of decisions. Um, and so my posts were always felt like they were, and they were a little monotonous because they got repetitive, but, um, I was in a management role and I'm also wondering that like, can you, how many times can you repeat that cycle? Um, cause as Dude. a farmer, the, the farming cycle could be very similar every year. I mean, I get the, the interesting thing is I'm on a different type of farm this year, yada, yada, like we are doing different things, but, um, so I've been trying to decide what do I write about again? And I think boring stuff is the best. Okay. Trust me, like the mundane stuff that you don't think is interesting is actually interesting to people who know nothing about what you do. Uh, and I, I try to like, – people tell me that about my own – like I, I, I think a lot about stuff about productivity and like how to do email that I think is everybody has already thought of and it's not interesting to anyone and people are always telling me otherwise. And I'm telling you that. Like I read I, – I looked forward to your weekly entry last year every week and no matter how boring you think it is i thought it was like it was great well that's good to know then maybe i'll i'll work on getting it back up because yeah. i think i missed that structure from you just uh, throw it on medium or something like you don't have to put it on anywhere where you have to pay that's true i could go back to that i had a nice little website going there sam <laughs> well, yeah <you> <laughs> yeah maybe i should get paid a little bit more and then i'll uh i'll work on i'm posting the blog but this is good timing because Haley just got home as well. Nice. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm very hot uh, and very hungry, so I think this is a good good place for us to stop. Yeah, that sounds good to me. It's actually a pleasant temperature here. Oh, but well, okay. <laughs> you enjoy your pleasant temperature, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right. See you, man.